Punks, what's up? Drew Pierce here. Fusomania here. Uh, I am in my Cincinnati Reds gear because I am going to work a game after this. I even got my badge on. Look at that. Check that out. It's official. Uh oh. Someone just photoshopped that and is going to be able to clone you. <laughs> the haters. The haters will be like, that's not even a real badge in the comments <laughs> of the YouTube. They're going to sneak in under you. Um, <laughs> I got this so uh, nice iced tea, liquid death here. Uh, I'm drinking today. How about that? <clears throat> I got the, I got the. I think they're melon, the melon ones, and not the iced tea, but the regular. And I'm not a fan, Con but con convicted melon, I believe is what it's called. Convicted melon. Wasn't a fan. Wasn't a fan. Wasn't huh? a fan. I, I haven't had the melon ones. Uh, you know, I thought I would like the mango chainsaw, but I'm not a fan of that one. You know, so I probably wouldn't buy the melon. So not everything's always good and dandy. Last, the other day, I had my car. They sold that catalytic converter out of my van. What right is this, 1995? House. I mean, come on. People are still Dude. doing that. That's crazy. I've heard there's been an uptick in that, though. Major uptick in it. It is definitely happening. Not The tight level is very low. <laughs> Over six grand. I'm sure they did more damage just because. So I'm just letting y'all know out there that it is a thing and to watch out for it. But in this whole process, what I've realized is how bad customer service has gotten. You know, you call somebody and you're like, hey, this is happening. I'm paying you six grand. Hey, can you help me with this? And they go... Uh, <laughs> you know, basically I have to keep saying, sorry to bother you at work, but can you do your fucking job? You know, nobody wants to do anything. It's driving me nuts. I think the moral of the story is that when you call customer service, they should ask you if you would like to tip five, 10, 15 or 20% <laughs> before you start the, the call with them. And that way, maybe if you hit that 20% that they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll start working. Yeah. Uh, that that's probably what it needs i need that i need that little they need that incentive to go oh i i need to actually start working here so but you know the crazy thing is to me is that these people stole this off your car right on your driveway in your house which is in a nice neighborhood it's not like you you live in the hood you know uh, these thieves are just <laughs> coming to the front door essentially and and doing it well they can do it quick and they can get around it and two takeaways here is one hide your kids hide your wife because they're <laughs> taking everybody out here and that's the one takeaway and the second takeaway is you know if you're doing work out there step up your customer service game and don't make the the customer do all the fucking work or just throw the tip badge out there so that you know that you need to start working one of the two. I thought the other takeaway would be install cameras on the front of your house. I thought maybe that would be the other <laughs> takeaway, but we're not going with that one, well, huh? Well, that one is they they I had already bought them. Does that count for anything? Like <laughs> they're just they not installed. In <laughs> just not installed. <laughs> just sitting on my. Uh, I'm sorry to laugh. In my room. It's, it's 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 only funny because that's the most you thing 
I got these cameras for the front of my house, but they're oh, sitting in my room. That's so bad, bro. I mean, basically, I need someone to kick me in the nuts before I go, oh, should I do this now? There you go. There's well, your takeaways. There's the takeaways. Uh, real quick, if you guys haven't signed up and you would like to try it out, we got 30% off your first month at Direct Music Service using promo code Drew Infuse Show. That'll get you 30% off your first month of activation. If you haven't tried it out, make sure you use that promo code, sign up, check out all the different exclusive edits we offer, uh, transition segues, <coughs> intro, outro, acapella outs, all that good stuff. Also, if you use promo code DAFS, it'll get you 20% off your order at Briggs Beard Company. I think Drew might have a little beard. Maybe that's a little lotion. I don't know. Whatever. He's going for it here. Putting it right on. Oh. Oh. There you go. Look at that. All right. (laughs) We have the YOLO line. If you haven't called, leave us a voicemail if you want. Uh, It's 562-246-YOLO. You can call us, leave us a message. We'll air it on the show. Some people are shy and haven't haven't left us one yet. That's okay. They keep telling us they're gonna. We're waiting for you. Get after also, it. Also, down in the description of the video below, there is a affiliate link to Club Cannon. It'll save you twenty five dollars off your order of two hundred and fifty dollars or more. Uh, if you want to turn your party up to an eleven, make sure you check out Club Cannon gear. <clears throat> We have an awesome guest today, and I think we need to just jump right into it so that you guys can, cool. you know, learn today. I agree. So our guest today is originally from Chicago, now living in L.A. He spun for some of the hottest A-list parties and events, such as MTV Video Awards, VHO, and Spike TV, GQ, many more. Some of his clients have been Will Ferrell, Jake Gyllenhaal, Maria Menounos, Red Bull, Coachella, Tony Hawk and more. He's a part of the production duo, The Tall Boys, whose remixed his uh, whose remixes have been supported by major artists such as Diplo, Steve Aoki, Little John, and many more. Please help us welcome DJ Aristocat. Hello. Hello. Yo, what's up, dude? What's going on, guys? You know, just hanging out, listening to Drew's sob stories of getting his catalytic <laughs> converter stolen off his car. It's always something, Drew. It's always something, man. I mean, LA's like that right now, though. Dangerous out there. Uh, uh, it's dangerous out there, these, these streets, especially the suburbs. Um, for those of you guys who don't know Aristocat, me and Aristocat have known each other for probably a 10 years at this point probably over 10 years we used to dj uh off on the pier back in the days and you know we've been great friends for a long time so i'm excited for this interview yeah man i think it's been longer than 10 years Uh, it probably has i I stopped counting after covid it's like it's just you know that that those years block but um he's crushing over at beat source and dj city and you do you guys always putting out a ton of great remixes and edits and transitions and I think over the years, it's just, you know, turned into all different stuff that you guys put out. Jack of all trades. Yeah, try to be. What is actually uh, your responsibilities over there? Do you have, like, stuff that you have to do weekly or monthly or? Yeah, daily. Like, um, I'm a full-time employee there now, so I'm in charge for some. I do about roughly half the posts every day on the American site. Uh, so everything you see going up on the site, I'm responsible for, like, half that most days. And then... Uh, I have weekly editing assignments, so Tall Boys edits for transitions, intros, bootlegs, or edits, we call them now. And then for Beat Source, similar stuff. I do some of the posting, and then I do a lot of the back uh, back catalog edits. 
uh, we can post transitions and slam intros, which are kind of just like explosion or you know loud sound right into the track, so you can just drop stuff. Is there a reason we're transitioning from the term bootleg to edit? I've been noticing that a lot lately. I was just wondering if there's a reason. I think mainly it's just most sites are moving away from it just because it sounds illegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Makes sense. I, I yeah. think that's yeah. the best reasoning anybody could give. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very illegal. <laughs> it makes me sound more legitimate. You know? Yeah, I got this I, bootleg. Uh, the shirt down here it says Gucci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's five dollars <laughs> so we went to the the beat source office the other day and you know i'm just telling the listeners this but i know you don't have to go in every day one it's a dope ass office you guys got all these rooms where you could stream and uh just crazy stuff going on i can't imagine going into work there i feel like i would get nothing done it's just like it would be like a revolving door of just all the homies coming through yeah i mean it seems like that because you were there for a big party day but most days it's like four or five like the days i go in it's basically just the music team and then like post-covid is kind of everything's kind of staggered beat source the main staff comes in different days like the dj city the old dj city crew comes in on tuesdays usually it's not as exciting as it was like when you were there normally. Like, can only play so much like Street Fighter versus Capcom and so much like <laughs> stuff in the office before you just kind of just sit down and do your work, you know. So, so anyone that's listening to this can't just go and knock on the door and be like, "Yo, I'm here to party. I'm here to hang out." Uh, nah, that's <laughs> not the way it works. <laughs> uh, here's edits. Here's my edit pack. Can you put them up? So uh, I was thinking they knock on the door and they're like, I was thinking, uh, I, I was thinking about joining your pool. Uh, do you guys offer any uh, ways that I could check it out? You know, maybe like a showroom here of edits. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, that's not available to the public right now. <laughs> I mean, the, the old office, uh, we used to get some of that where people would just randomly show up. Yeah. Not so much as the new. <clears throat> yeah. Probably a good yeah. thing. Oh, very good thing. I'm going to jump into some music. I'm going to roll a, a segment video here, and we will get started with some music. Here we go. The hills are alive with the sound of music. With songs they have sung for a thousand years. The hills fill my heart with the sound of music. The mountains look like boobies My heart wants to sing every song it hears The mountains look like boobies <laughs> There's Arnold singing the sound oh, of music disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god Got GPT's okay. work Oh dude it's it's rampant right now right we can't I, give away our sources but it, it is amazing i understand i understand <laughs> so uh one of the questions we like to ask everybody is if you just have a favorite remixer or producer and it's not limited to the dj world just in general i was thinking about it like i like a lot of like uh weird or not necessarily weird like kind of like disco-y poppy stuff for my own listening so like i like like the Knox and oliver and uh, so, yeah, Oliver Nelson are all kind of in the same vein-ish. Like, a lot of, like, rooftop-type vibe shit for my own listening yeah. taste. And then other producers, I mean, I like, like, Kanye and other stuff like that. DJ Premier, a lot of old stuff. Dope. Yeah. Knocks uh, are great. There's a, a YouTube that I just stumbled across that uh, I would recommend anybody look look out for. It's 
DJ Premier goes takes like the original um, um, hard disks from the uh, the MPC. He puts them in and he goes over basically how the song came to be and like the sample and how he flipped it. And it's just him talking about it. It's so good. Just I'm sure search DJ Premier's um, <clears throat> his actual YouTube thing, but it's it's really dope for all my my YouTube lovers out there. So yeah, I gotta check that out. Is there a theme song that you would pick for yourself if you were just walking down the street and like when you walked into the grocery store, it would play or, you know, whatever. It followed you everywhere you went. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this, I was thinking about this when I uh, got the list from Drew and, you know, it constantly changes, but uh, I wrote down a few that came to mind, like uh, Kenny Rogers, The Gambler. It's one of my, uh, (laughs) oh, good. So good. (laughs) Yeah, and then like a newer song, like I don't know if you guys are familiar with the song. Uh, it's a newer Kanye song. It's called Jail. The hook is kind of like, guess who's going to jail tonight? And sometimes it's kind of how I feel like when I'm walking around. <laughs> <laughs> there, Drew, maybe he stole your catalytic converter. <laughs> he was in the neighborhood the other day listening to the Kanye. And... He got influenced and he was just like, let's go for it. <laughs> but he was like, he doesn't have cameras on his, the front of his house, so I'm good to go. <laughs> guess who's not going to jail tonight? Yeah. <laughs> you know what they say, it's like... Uh, die a hero or live long enough to become a villain so yeah yeah they're old house though getting there <laughs> love it i i'm not familiar with that one but i will have to check it out yeah check it out jay-z's on it too it's it's okay it's like two albums back i think is it is oh. it their their um their split that they did i think so um it's off the split okay all right uh when in doubt if you're DJing and the dance floor is clearing, what's a song you would like to you like a go-to of yours? I mean, out in LA, like the easiest like layup I feel like is like playing next episode. Like you can almost never go wrong playing that song. If you want to go real like, you know, LA cheese ball, you play like this is how we do it. That always works. And then uh, you know, to promote my own stuff, I usually play this tall boys edit of where the party at. It's because like a kind of like a tropical vibe, and that usually works too. Like if it's more of like a dancey girl crowd. All right, dope. That's a great remix, uh, <clears throat> exclusively on DJ City. Yeah, I believe so. Is it still older? Not older now. It's a few years old, but I think it's still up. Okay. Okay. Well, you kind of covered uh, any other go-to in uh, classics there, uh, but if there's any other honorable mentions you want to mention uh, with that? No, I mean that pretty much covers it. I mean. It's a lot of the, the, the typical stuff out here. Like LA, it's not super original with that kind of stuff. If you really want to fill the dance floor up, I feel like it's kind of a lot of the top 40 stuff works. You know, you can throw on blinding lights and stuff like that or, you know, Dua Lipa or whatever. And you're doing a lot of Hollywood stuff, which <clears throat> just has like a turnover crowds, tourists, and just people coming and going. Yeah, a lot of the places I play out here are, are like that, where it's just – a lot of top 40, a lot of hip hop. And then I've been doing these couple of venues where it's all rock. So those are kind of the curveball places where I can go a little weirder. And what are some of the you, big rock songs you're, yeah. you're, you're hearing? I mean, it's mostly all older stuff. Like, I mean, I play a lot of stuff from my era, like 90s, 2000s. So you have all that, like, the emo stuff is big, like the 2000s emo band shit. And then, like, I like playing a lot of, like, White Stripes and, like, Black Keys and, like, that kind of rock. So I try to throw a lot of that in. And that typically works. 
How how long of a set do you have to play of just rock music? <laughs> some places, a couple of venues I do out here, it's like all rock and some pop. So it's like it would be like final seventy percent rock, probably. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a that's a good a lot. That's a lot of rock to play. Yeah, yeah, and this is like a video spot too. So like, I definitely had to go to the like the well and like dig up some old stuff, and then you know I'll do the overlays and stuff too. But I try to find a lot of the actual videos. That's cool. That's the not an easy thing to do is to play a rock set <laughs> like that. You know, especially like, uh, you know, we, there are the LA radio station that's out here. The LA rock radio station is K rock and they're still playing like nineties artists. There's very little newer artists. And even Coachella just recently had blink, you know, and you know, it's like the, the biggest ever. Right. And they're nineties, two thousands, you know, everyone's excited for that. So we need some more rock to come back in our lives. All right. Tell me about it. I mean, all that stuff still works though. Like all those throwbacks, like, they're just like classics now. It seems like Travis Barker and like Machine Gun Kelly are like kind of, it's like kind of coming back in a sense. And I feel like weirdly enough, Machine Gun Kelly is like the, the new kind of rock guy, as weird as that is. Yeah, I actually, during like last year when the Super Bowl was here, I got free tickets to a Machine Gun Kelly show. So I just randomly went and uh, Travis Barker was actually drumming for him. He produced that whole album that last album he did i forget tickets to my downfall i think is what it was called yeah and then the he's got some other guys that he's producing and doing travis is doing a lot of the production with so maybe we'll get some more rock i don't know it's it's very tough i feel like edm has become that 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 rock genre you know where it's like the the cool kids or you know i don't know like they go and listen to skrillex yeah for a while it was like the bro music like the headbanger music yeah, totally. But that's why I think that Travis brought Blink back is because he saw how big MGK was. And he's like, okay, we need the original lineup because we're missing out on all this, all this money right now. <laughs> he could saw his own stuff. So maybe, maybe, maybe I'm convinced that Travis is an alien, and that's how. That's why Tom knows so much about aliens because the alien <laughs> is Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a i do have a, a rock band i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in there is turnstile is uh they're opening for blink but i was checking them out and they're a new rock band that i really like i i, I don't know that it's dance music but they're definitely on the come up turnstile turnstile they opened for my chemical romance when they came through cincy is it the same kind of vibe they're, no, it's like <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's way yeah. My Chemical Romance was like Justin Bieber for I felt like it was like going to a Justin Bieber concert for like rock kids. It was like a bunch <laughs> of chicks that like were you know makeuped up and like we're rock girls, you know, like that kind of thing. But it was like if you went to a Justin Bieber concert, which I have gone to, and not so long before that one, I felt the exact same way there. I'm like. It's just a bunch of girls that like Justin Bieber that are here. And then I went to My Chemical Romance and it was like, there's just a bunch of girls and me that like My Chemical Romance here. <laughs> <laughs> You're just one of the girls, Fuse. <laughs> guess so. Have you guys been to that emo party in Vegas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the vibe I got there when I went to that emo night thing. Is that like the traveling yeah. one, though? Is that? Yeah, the... it was, it's at like the bowling alley and the link. Um, okay. I forget what that venue is called. That's where I saw it. And I think I know they brought it to LA a couple of times, but I think that's its home is in that whatever that venue is. Interesting. That's tight. Uh, they have a bunch of different DJs playing when you saw it. Yeah, it was a few different DJs. 
DJs. It was a lot of them just playing the whole song and walking around. But uh, it was it worked. <laughs> Air guitaring. Yeah, it was basically like guitaring. It was like a stage show, but the DJ would kind of just play the song from the beginning to the end, but like walk around and like stage dive and stuff. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, sp you speak of Vegas. Just uh, recently, I went to. They just opened up the Punk Rock Museum in Vegas, and yeah. it just has a lot of like old school flyers. And they had Pennywise's original uh, garage practice studio with the original carpet hung up and posters. Like it, it was really dope. If if you guys like museums or you're just into random stuff, like next time you're in Vegas, it was a it was a cool museum for sure. Recommend checking it out. So, you know, we like to know, you know, your most played in Serato. So if, if you have that available, you can hit us with uh, the most played or if you want to yeah. build some suspense and go the opposite way. <laughs> uh, sure. We'll, we'll start from number five. Uh, these are all fairly obvious songs because of a lot of the places I play. But uh, number five is uh, Travis Porter, A-Ladies. Okay. Uh, it's probably my, my biggest hip-hop song. I'll definitely say that for sure. Yeah. It's a big always, one. It always works. That could also be my, you know, get the crowd back if I need to. Like that, that thing is foolproof. Uh, you know what I need to four. redo though is I have a, I have the, only a short edit with Tyga only, and I feel like I, I ruined that whole song. I play it so fast. I feel like I need like a little bit longer edit to play. Oh, you can Somebody play like two hooks versus that. Somebody did oh, yeah, like a, sure. one of those epic intros where it kind of like starts out, like when it drops in it starts out acapella i can't remember who it is i think i was one of the club killers guys that did it that's always a good song all right okay banger okay. great and song number, yep number four uh i mentioned it earlier uh i'm a huge fan of the weekend uh i play blinding lights almost every night uh it's one of my favorite songs number three it's from the rock venue uh, wait uh, rock I, venue. i'm gonna I'm sorry, I, I'm a terrible interviewer, but I want to know what do you play before and after? Because I play Blinding Lights every night, and I I'm stuck in this same like little set of stay, and I I just started uh, bringing back um, not bringing back but playing that uh, fuck what's that song? I know you know we used to make fun of it all the time. Fuse the I wish you knew, I wish I knew oh, the you Steve Lacey. Me. It's because the only reason we made fun of is because your daughter saying the lyrics were just deep. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, that song right now, every time I play it, I swear, and it would work at your rock night, but every time I play that, Steve Lacey, dude, crushes bad habits. Yeah. I wish I knew. It sounds like he's not even like trying to sing, though, in that it song. It sounds out like, of key. Like, but Mike D <laughs> Mike D did a really good uh like more. Because the, the original sounds like, I don't know, you produce it on a four track and just put it out, <laughs> right? But Mike D totally. kind of like beefed it up. So I felt like it was a little bit better. But I mean, I use, well, I what use do you, stay. Yeah, what do you play? I use stay a lot coming out of it. Uh, that usually is pretty effective. Like getting into it, it's, I feel like it's easier. Like, because I don't use like the double time intro. I usually use the original just version of it where it has like that kind of like synth intro. And I mean, I come out of like, I still play like paper planes and stuff like that before it. And uh, I have like an edit yeah. that paper planes on like one just basically one hook and then has the outro it has like the snaps and then it's easy to lay those over each other um uh, sometimes right. i come out of like uh i have like a redrum edit of high hopes by panic at the disco that has kind of like it's easy to mix out of so getting into yeah. it is just easy for me yeah getting out of it is like stay or like sometimes i use like feel it still and i have to like you know pump it up like 10 bpm or whatever 
Or sometimes yeah, I just for the one up tempo song, and then like because it kind of it kind of has a uh, if you just play the regular version without an outro, it kind of has the same kind of outro as the intro, so you can go back to like eighty six or whatever is eighty eight BPM. Right. I always play right, it right. with the uh, aha take on me, but I just play the quick edit of take on me where where everybody's going and then I just scratch it like just hard kind of drop it in that's how i always i kind of use it as a the edit of take on me i have uh is the skills edit where he has like the hey ho let's go over it so i always kind of use that as i use blinding lights as like my transition song out of playing a few rock songs into like playing some pop songs again i i did it backwards the last time the other day i did the blinding lights because i have a transition i don't know who made it Maybe you made it, Riscat. It was. It goes from 128 down. I don't remember all these things anymore. <laughs> it goes from 128 down, and so I use it to get out of like up tempo because it still sounds fast, and I go out of up tempo down, and then mm. I'll play that take on me the AO. Let's go into that. So I go oh, okay. into rock, like use it the other way. I mean, the other way. That's not the only way to play it, but like the other night is one way I did. It. I was like, oh, I gotta try this again. Hit us with number three. Number three, uh, another rock song. I mentioned them earlier as well. Uh, Gold on the Ceiling by the Black Keys. I play that song okay. every night when I do those spots. That's just that's one of my personal favorite songs. I think it's just like an amazing rock song. It's All right. It's a good one. And then we're going to get to the more obvious stuff again. Number two is T-Pain Up Down. Probably played like yeah. a million times in my DJ career. That's funny. I never <laughs> play that song. Maybe I should start playing it. I don't know. Maybe it's just I just re it. That song... Almost always kills. Uh, I don't remember ever going poorly. And then uh, my number one most played song is Kevin Little, Turn Me On. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't think we've Dude, gotten that one. I would actually agree with you. I feel like I play that almost every night. It's such a good song. Yeah, yeah. it is a good one. It also, it's always effective with, with, with women. Like, they all know all the words of that song. And then if you want to switch up the yeah. vibe, like the club owner tells you stop playing so much hip hop, you're like, all right, I'll play some Kevin Little and go into some like dance hall <laughs> poppy stuff. That's a good one though. I always play that. And uh, what's the other one that I play with it? Oh, uh, Wayne Wonder. I always play that yep. with Wayne Wonder. Go letting go. So yep. What I, I started playing with it is uh, replay, the IIs. Oh, uh, okay, nice. And it, it does well. Uh, that one does well. But I'm curious. Warren was just out here last week and we were talking, he was, you know, going over some of the Afrobeat stuff and I'm saying how little my Afrobeat collection is. I'm wondering, are you working some of that into that Kevin Little set? Are you playing any I mean, Afrobeat a, stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a bunch of Afrobeats. Like mainly I've been playing a lot of it lately, but that's just because the venues I've been at. But uh, when, now that the summer's coming back, like I was doing this rooftop and like lobby, like lounge at this hotel. And I was getting a lot of Afrobeat requests, so I was able to build my crate up. I probably have like I don't know, hundred songs in there or something. We have a good amount on on the site, so I, I get a lot from there. But uh, Hollywood, I don't get as many requests for it. But like, if I'm on the west side or by the beach, that seems to where you, where it's at. Someone's curating those on BeatSource, right? Because I remember um, I used to specifically, I would always go to BeatSource just to work on my Afrobeat crate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a guy in the UK. I think he's in charge of it, Satoru. Uh, I may be wrong, but he, he was running it for a while, but it's probably him or Play. Those are the UK guys. So they're okay. Yeah, they're on the pulse of that. Well, I wonder how well it translates over here if the UK guy's doing it. But um, I mean, I think it's just, it's just, 
really people want to hear that vibe right no one knows the actual songs they go play afrobeat and they're just like going off the vibe yeah i mean i think it's just the sound i mean it's kind of like the i'm a piano stuff it's like it all kind of sounds similar so you can kind of just play whatever it's like this that's my opinion i'm probably gonna get bashed for this but you know sometimes they're all so unique <laughs> to my untrained ear of that style like they all you know they all have some very similar vibe a lot of the same production yeah. techniques and stuff but it's the same as the indie shit like people like the indie shit but i can't I, I don't think most people know any artist, right? Well, you might name like one or two, but you're not like, well, this artist, this artist, this artist, and that remix, you know, it's just, it's a vibe. Yeah. Going off the vibe. One of the things we wanted to just kind of know about too is just like your background a little bit, kind of how you got started into, you know, working with DJ City and DJing kind of all together. Okay. Uh, I mean, started DJing in college a little bit, and then I moved out here right after I graduated worked in the film industry for a bit and then slowly transitioned into DJing. I actually got my first regular gig out here through the Z trip message board. I don't know if you guys ever were ever on that back in the day. (laughs) So like Z trip had a message board. So all the, like the nerd DJs who were into like, you know, all the crazy mashups and finding like bootleg records and stuff were on there. And uh, I linked up with this guy, uh, Chris, who was the uh, manager at the dime or one of the managers and DJs at the dime. So I got linked into that scene. I had been playing a little bit at this other place, North, which eventually became Hyde, which became like a pretty big spot. So I got plugged into the Dime, and then through the Dime, it kind of filtered me into all the other places because most of the most DJs at the time hung out at the Dime or knew of the Dime or would go to the Dime because it was like the hip hop spot, uh, tiny little bar on Fairfax. It's still there. Let's see. And still does, there, I, tons of people still go there and hang out. It's a huge hangout spot, right? I think a bunch of people went to went there after the party, uh, the Beat Source party the other day. I saw yeah. some pictures. Uh, DJ, DJ Most was playing, I think. fact OS. is the guy that owned the, the dime, his name is Andy, I think. He opened one here in Cincinnati. There was really? a dime here in Cincinnati for about like six months. The company I used to DJ for was like the other part owner or partner with him in it. And yeah, they. it's not called, it's not here anymore. I don't think, I think he sold it. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a dime Cincinnati for a minute. It was on off right off the college campus of UC. Crazy. Yeah. I remember yeah. they were talking about opening one in Vegas, like back when the dot, like when it was like really popping, I don't know if they ever did it, but yeah, through the dime, I got like a lot of that stuff you listed off. I think you were reading like my old bio or whatever, like with all those events, like a lot of that <laughs> was through, was through the dime. Cause like, uh, like Paris Hilton and, uh, Nikki, uh, Richie and all of them used to hang out there. Uh-huh. So through that. I got linked up uh, to all that celebrity stuff for a while because they were just, they would hang out like Travis Barker would hang out there and th- that'd be like an after hour spot too. Like we DJ till two, kick all the people who didn't know Andy out. And then it was like, sometimes we DJ till like four in the morning. So, so that led me to other, like they opened so, other, another bar. Oh wait, oh wait, I got to pick your brain. So you met, you were hanging out with all of them and playing at 4am. What were they like requesting? Just you play whatever you want or most of the time. I mean, they were just, you would just play cool stuff. I mean, honestly, it was a lot of old school hip hop at the time. It was like, it was like when it was still like hip hop and rock. Like it was like that whole like mashup and cool, like nineties hip hop era. Yeah. So was, I remember cool back and like Lindsay, you know, that was like Lindsay Lohan was uh, going there and all that. Oh. And, uh, What's her name? Pete uh, Lindsay Lohan, Ronson, so hot. Samantha Ronson and all them. That was like that whole <laughs> That's era. Him. That's cool. I remember I, cool. I played the opening of the dime here and the owner Andy was here and he was like, warning, warning. Like that's the song he kept like wanting me to play. <laughs> a big, a big song warning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, 
Yeah, Andy's like a New York guy. They love all that stuff. Like you can go real deep on New York hip hop at the dime. Yeah. So, but so oh, I was just gonna say continue with the story. You were you're doing all yeah, that. Sorry. Then, I mean, what's what else is my story? I mean, from there I went to like I went. They opened another bar called Winston's, which was really popular. So I DJ there for a while, and then uh, then I moved over to Bar Lubitsch, which is like different ownership, but on the same block. And they own a bunch of bars in LA as well. They're like big groups. They own a I don't know, like seven, eight bars now. I'm trying to think where this whole story's going. That's basically the come <laughs> up. Like where I that got me into a lot of this stuff. Oh, how did how did I get to DJ City? Uh so during that same time, I was doing like these other clubs, like uh I was spinning at like LAX, which was AM's old club. Um yeah. and uh, this place called Opera. A bunch of these are like the more club club type venues. And I met some of them were like they were like some of them were like Asian nights, and that's how I met Quickie, who was the owner of DJ City, because uh, yeah. he was like one of their main he was one of their main DJs. So you, you know, a lot of nights I'd either be opening for him or we'd be splitting the night, like just like hour on hour off. All all during this time, like even like before the dime, I was doing uh, mixtapes, and a lot of them were like heavy heavily influenced by like Z Trip and DJP, like that style of like production and re edit remix and like mashup type stuff. Yeah. So I was started pressing vinyl. And this was when DJ City still had the rehab record store side of it. So then I started selling them vinyl and got like a relationship with them through that. And then I started sending them edits, like, you know, just club edits and intros and stuff for the site for free. And then slowly built up a relationship through that. And then uh, I think about the time I met Drew, we met at, what, did we meet at Sangria or did we meet before that? Sangria. Sangria, yeah. So, so Drew was playing this place out in Hermosa. And my buddy Sleeper, who you guys should definitely have on here at some point if you haven't had him, because he is totally. We should have Sleeper on here. I want to. Yeah, I love Sleeper. Yeah, and he's got a lot of crazy stories too. But uh, Sleeper had me cover for him a couple of times at Sangria, and uh, I guess they liked me or whatever. And then I met Drew there, and he was cool. And then I met this other guy, Marcus, uh, who was spinning on the dance side. I was usually playing the open format side, like the bar side, and the other room was kind of like a dance club room. So this guy Marcus kept coming over to me and bringing me shots like every time I DJ with him, and he'd be like trying to hear what I'm playing because I would steal his crowd some of the nights. And then, uh, and then, uh, well, I want to interrupt you because that's how that room was. The room was everyone wanted to be on the open format room because that's where the bar was. So, and all the locals would hang out on the bar side, and so it was the funnest room. The backside, which actually now in that that room is the fun room that everyone wants to be in they put all the lights and everything in it but they had no bar and the sound system wasn't as good so even though it was a cooler room it was so hard to dj or keep anybody in there because you know you played one off song they're like let's just go get a drink uh yeah and you had, a, and and you had to room. bring gear to that side remember you had to bring the yeah gear too, oh, was a, which was a nightmare in the ass dude yeah um <laughs> totally but, but sometimes that other side was crazy though like when they have those like volleyball tournaments you just there's be like girls in bikinis oh. coming in they're wasted yeah um, yeah, those are the those are the days for sure. All those volleyball yeah. tournaments were. I mean, they still are crazy down there, but yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, it's a different vibe there now. Now that it's American Junkie, but uh, but anyway, so I met so the guy Marcus, like uh, who you know who's became Sir Marcus. He just basically asked me, he's like, "Are you?" Interested? He knew I did edits and stuff for DJ City, and then he was like, "Yo, I have some ideas. You interested in working on stuff together?" And I was basically telling what I tell everybody who wants to work work on something. I'm like, "If you come to me, I'll I'll work with you." <laughs> Like, cause that, that shows you're serious, but it's like, I'm not going to drive. He was living in Venice. I'm like, I'm not going to drive to Venice and like, you know, then do, then do most of the productions. Like if you come to me and work with me, then I'm down. Like you have ideas. Yeah. And yeah. so then through that, 
that's kind of where like the tall boys came from. Like we started working on stuff together. We started submitting stuff to DJ city. And then they eventually like put, brought us on like, as like a hired gun for, you know, whatever it was like independent contractor basically. And then over the years, it's turned into like regular jobs for both of us. Like he basically does like a and R stuff for them. Now he finds a lot of the new like remixers and stuff for the site. Dope. So speaking of a little bit of production, I'm going to play this production segment and then we're going to ask you some production questions. Hey, what is up, Drew and Fuse? It is Mark McGrath from the band Sugar Ray, off the charts, but always in her heart. Hey, Drew and Fuse, when I'm not busy being the handsome, dashing fella that I am, at least had a few good years in the 90s, I work on music, like writing hit number one songs like Fly and Every Morning. Maybe someday you'll have a hit. Let's talk production, let's talk inspiration. Actually, you know what? I don't even like Drew and Fuse. Who are they? All right. There's Mark Was that McGrath. Like a cameo video or what? <laughs> Can't tell you. We got these crazy connections. <laughs> the homie coming through. <laughs> uh all right so what are you using to produce in are you using ableton uh logic what's your go-to i am the oddball i'm still i'm still this guy i use reason which i know not a lot of people yeah like i have ableton but i I don't i don't use it very often i remember meeting you and you telling me that and when i got started i started with reason my favorite thing about it is all the there's plugins for days it's all like built into the software and it's just gotten amazing um I haven't double checked it in a little bit. How, how is it still being kept up to date? Yeah, no, they they just did an update like I think in the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's just like any other DAW now. You can use all you can use all the third party saw like, like uh, plugins on it. Um, being an older guy, like I, one of the reasons I always liked it is that it has the visual rack mounts, so like you can actually yep. flip them around like an old rack. Like that's how I learned audio stuff in college. Is like on the actual hard gear. So it has all that. To me, it has the best uh, time stretching algorithm of any of the any of the software. I believe it won some awards last few years as the best sounding time stretching algorithm. So I use it for all the D- all the Tall Boys edits that go up on DJ City and BeatSource. Uh, basically, most, basically all my production goes through there. Yeah, that's one thing I always heard about Reason that like if you could use Reason you could like run a mixing board in real life because that's essentially it's the same. Like they yeah, set it, has, it up it, the same way. The stock board mixing board it is an SSL, which is like a studio mixing board. So, mm-hmm. and, and then you could, you just hit tab and you can flip all the racks around and you can actually do the wiring. You can drag the wires if you want to do it manually. That's, that's how cool. I got into it. Cause uh, in the early days before I started DJing, I was actually, uh, going to college for production um and it was all the reel to reels and then i remember finding reason and just going oh my god this is exactly what i've been looking for <laughs> you know not dealing with all the tape um i gotta i gotta revisit that that program i i think every time i talk to you i tell you the same thing but i remember loving that program so much um and they yeah. uh the timeline is awesome on it and all that yeah it had limitations back in the day because when it you know, the first like few years it was out, you couldn't use the third party stuff in it. It was basically just like they're the, they would like um, license stuff to people to make the plugins, the, uh, the, mm-hmm. you know, the third party plugins. But now now it's basically like open source or whatever. Like any, 
you can use basically anything. Gotcha, gotcha. Inside of that, uh, what are some of the stuff you're pushing then? Mm-hmm. Like, what are some of kind of the plugins and uh, are you you're still just only focused on that? You don't outsource it to anything else. So what plugins are you bringing into it? I mean, I still use like Ozone and stuff like that for most of like the mastering and mixing stuff. I mean, honestly, I use a lot of the I use a lot of the stock stuff in Reason. Like, I I mean, I have like Omnisphere and and the what's the other one that all the all the EDM guys use. I have like all those like staple ones, but honestly, like the post lockdown, like a lot of the production stuff I do is like I use a lot of samples now. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever been on uh, Splice, mm-hmm. but I'll go in there and, and take a lot of samples, re-edit them, you know, put them through distortion and you know effects and stuff like that, and and chop stuff up. Kind of going back to like where I started. Um, I mean, I'm still doing yeah. you know original composition and stuff in there, but uh, I, I don't know something during lockdown. I just kind of got back into like actual sampling to do a lot of the production. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Is it the the sampler program in the sampler rack in there? Is that what you're using, or are you just chopping it up on the timeline? A lot of it I just chop up by hand on the timeline. I mean, sometimes I'll dump it into because they have like a little MIDI, like it's called Kong. Uh, it's basically modeled after an NPC, so I will lay that out sometimes. But sometimes I like to do the drums by hand and then like kind of adjust them by by ear, just get it more like a live feel. Uh, what do you think? One of your biggest like remixes or productions to date is? Uh, I mean, we did a collaboration with this guy Castra, Tallboys, uh, mm-hmm. with Fat Man yeah. Scoop and him. I think that charted in like Australia or something like that. Wow. That's probably the most successful one we've had. That one was funny too, because uh fat man scoop actually came to my house to record the vocals. And, uh, <laughs> my house, my, apart- my apartment, he actually recorded it right behind me. Like where this, uh... Oh my God. It was so loud. The neighbors, the neighbors are like, Oh my God. This hat is, there's actually, a, there, yeah, there's a mic underneath there. And he was literally like screaming into it. Like put your fucking hands up. And my neighbors were going, <laughs> My neighbors are yelling, shut the fuck up. We had to keep recording it like bits. Because he like he came over, he was of course he was like three hours late or whatever, and like we were recording at like 10 p.m. on like a Tuesday night. <laughs> and none of this, none of this is like none of this is sound baffled or anything. This is just my, my bedroom setup, you know. <laughs> Everything I, about I this couldn't imagine sounds amazing. <laughs> Being yeah. like just a, a regular person. And then hearing Fat Man Scoop's voice like coming through the wall from the door, like next door, you're like laying in your bed. Like, am I going crazy or is that Fat Man Scoop? Believe me, I, I, I was like, this is very surreal. Like, you know, just sitting here with my in my little bedroom uh, set, recording setup, having uh, Fat Man Scoop yelling at people. And that song was called Twilight Zone? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Does cool, he have any cool. like a headspace or anything he has to get into? Because I can imagine like he'd be like jumping <laughs> up and down and being like, "All right, I got to get into it." I don't. I'd imagine him sitting down and yelling. Right? Yeah. Take your shirt Honestly, off. His, and start going. his main requirement was that he, we had to have scope mouthwash for him to like get his throat prepared or whatever, like loosened up. So like he would just like rinse his mouth, rinse his throat out a couple times with scope, and then like we, you know, we we collaborated on the writing stuff. So like we just wrote a bunch of ideas for him and then he would kind of like improvise off of it. And then he was just ready to go. Like, I mean, most of the time, like, I mean, when he came over, he just, he would like fuck up my roommate and just like get all excited and like jazz him up. And then, then he was just like, all right, let's record. We did it all in like, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. <laughs> it's so amazing, dude. It's yeah. like the greatest story ever. Then he, the funny thing was like, he hit up Mark. He's like, yo, Mark, that was like the best, that was the best my vocals have ever sounded. Like once we gave him the final product and I was like, 
So you can just record on a shitty $80 mic in a bedroom and like, you know, just do it right. And <laughs> Batman Scoop will be like, this is great. <laughs> that's, that's so amazing. It's so amazing. I love it so much. That's rad. So with, I'm gonna, I don't have that. I'm going to download that. Did you grab it? With Fuse? production that I, I was just looking some stuff up while we were talking about it. And that's, I, I don't think I have it either in, in my collection. So yeah, like that one, that one pretty well. I mean, Castro did a lot of the heavy lifting on that. Like we were more like the idea guys and like we did some of the, we did like the basic layout and then he did a lot of the like fine tuning. He's kind of blown up quite a bit lately too, Castro. This stuff always sounds great. Yeah. Being a uh, collabing and being a reason guy, how do you, how do you, how do you flip that? How does that go? I just export everything in waves for them or, or AIFFs, usually waves. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it just depends which way it's going. If it's coming to me, then I just yeah, just send me just send me stuff in waves. Like I don't really need the you know the full Ableton. Did you go to school for production or anything, or did you kind of just fall into it? I have a degree in uh, cinema and photography, so I learned a lot of like film production and sound design through that. So like much like Drew, I was doing the reel to reel sound editing, where like this is before like Final Cut and stuff like that was at its very like infancy when I was in college. So it, I was still shooting on film editing. On, uh, on on film, you know, editing the actual negative and stuff like that, doing reel to reel. So we had to learn like the studio setup to do the do the soundtracks for our films. Uh, the kind of college I went to, like everybody shot, edited, directed their own films. Like you didn't work on other people's films, you just did your whole your own thing. So we kind of had to learn a little bit of everything. Gotcha. Uh, so through that, I learned a lot of the, like I learned Pro Tools and stuff like that. So that kind of transferred over to to Reason and everything. And then I have I have a little bit of music background. Like I played piano and guitar growing up. That was going to be one of my questions. Was what instruments you play? Well, I think I got so, a guitar, a guitar in the wall back there. There it is. Yep. Yep. So you still play that? Did it? it did it stem from piano, and then you went to guitar, or guitar down to piano, yeah, and piano, piano first. I feel like for, for production, like learning piano or at least the basics is like super important for like just getting the the ear to like hear stuff in key and just be able to like figure out chords and stuff like. It definitely gave me the groundwork. By no means am I like a great pianist, but uh, it definitely like set the groundwork for being able to like pick this stuff up faster. I feel like the Fat Man Scoop story is great. We wouldn't ask. Uh, do you have another any other crazy stories? Uh, a night gone bad, a great night in the DJ booth with the yeah, celebrity, or anything. I have a million night gone bads. Give us a good one and give us a bad one because even some of the those old dime stories sounded interesting. But yeah, give us a good one and a bad one. I mean, a crazy, more like a crazy DJ experience or whatever was uh, with uh, with that guy Sleeper. This was like I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. We decided we read that I had read this book called Born to Run, which is about like long distance runners, and uh, we decided to try and do a dj run and we were trying to figure out what to do and we found reebok and this other company to sponsor us so we ended up running to coachella which is a hundred hundred a hundred mile run so it was, a, it was wow. basically a marathon each day for four days so we ran from we started outside of la and then ran through like palm springs and by casino morongo and all that to coachella and then we ran was into Red Bull. filming so like, this so like did you have to yeah, prove it to them it, or was like how did that go yeah, a lot of it's online. It's like hundred mile DJ run. It's I think there's still like a Twitter handle. There might be a video or a preview. I don't know if they ever edited the final stuff of it, but like 
it was basically like me and sleeper running filming stuff while we could and then we had a follow car which would go like two miles ahead and then it, if we needed first aid or water or whatever and then it was just kind of like that for four days and we would sleep obviously we would stop and sleep at night but it was like anyway so we wow. ran all the way to coachella we run into coachella off the run straight off the run and start djing at the red bull like set up the red bull compound like dripping sweat so and all tight. that like, literally pouring sweat onto like cdjs and then we DJed the Red Bull tent all weekend <laughs> at, that, at that Coachella. How did you um, even stand for that that set? Was it like a, a full hour? Because I would think I would be like shaking. Like my legs would be just shaking. Yeah, I mean, by day four of doing that, you're kind of just numb. Like your body's just like, this is my life now. Like I'm just going to be <laughs> running forever. Uh, like the first, the very first, the very first day was the heaviest day. We did like 32 miles the first day and we stopped at Casino Morongo for the night. And I literally sweated through my sheets like twice. Like my body was just so like out of it. Uh, yeah. But then after that, I kind of adjusted. That's uh, crazy. That's wild. That's yeah. wild. We have to pull that and throw that in the link. Fuse. Yeah. That, Do you still run there. a lot? Uh, I mean, not as much as I did then. Like that year, like we really got into it. Like we did the LA Marathon too, me and Sleeper that year. Wow. I still run. Now I more play basketball like to for a similar vibe. But yeah, I mean, that, that year kind of knocked it out of me. I think <laughs> I, I think that okay this is a little off topic but I think it, it it all ties in how hard is it to go about getting a sponsorship like that because I mean it's dope that the way you guys put it all together I mean there's so much prep that goes into it. it's like okay I get the Reebok sponsor then we're gonna get Red Bull to like sponsor like you have all this like stuff go into it do they all collab or are you guys doing all that 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 work up front i mean we had us we we like kind of interface with sleeper sleeper had a manager at the time so he helped set a good amount of it up he worked for uh chic shoes his manager so he had a link to reebok and then sleeper mm -hmm. had a previous relationship with the uh, red bull he had done a lot of their like new year stuff and a lot of their right. big like yeah. their, their crazy like events like the where they go off the pier and all that and then like uh the the or, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so some of it was just like previous connections and then we were able to get linked up, uh, through, like I said, through, to Reebok through the chic shoes thing. Somebody else sponsored too. Oh, the guy who wrote the book. Oh, other, other thing I should mention is that we were doing it. We raised a bunch of money on the run for charity and, uh, yeah. it was for uh, charity water, which they like dig wells and freshwater wells in Africa. And then we got the guy who actually wow. wrote the book that inspired me to donate. He donated like 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. I forget. We ended up raising like I think like twenty some thousand or thirty thousand dollars for uh, for charity. Wow! The idea was we were going to really try cool. to do it like every year, but <laughs> it kind of fell apart after <laughs> one year. <laughs> oh my god! We also That's trying, a great we story. Ideas, like, oh, we're gonna like we're gonna make fitness a thing for LA DJs because a lot of DJs live like you know crazy lifestyles where they don't exercise or they stay up till five and they drink too much. So we're like, oh, we're gonna get everybody into running, and then it kind of just died out. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool like though. That's that, a crazy story though. That's a crazy story. That's a that is an amazing story. That's a really good one. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a good one. Is there a bad one? Uh, I mean, I have a lot of bad stories. I'm trying to think of one that's funny. I mean, <laughs> more just sad, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've, this is probably why I don't hang around with Sleeper as much anymore. But another one involves Sleeper. Uh, we were out in Hawaii, <laughs> and uh, I've been booked at some club for Halloween. And uh, we'd been drinking like all day before because we were just, I was just doing like an hour set and sleeper supposed to do an hour set and it was sleeper yeah. set. It was sleepers gig. Like he had set it up and then he got hit up last minute to go to Switzerland to play some like super expensive gig. Like while we were in Hawaii, 
So then he bailed like day of left me to cover the whole gig. And I was like, I wasn't even getting paid. It was just, I was just doing it for fun. So like I got super shit faced beforehand, get to the club. Oh. I'm like talking to some girl before I go on <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm hitting on her or whatever. I later find out it's the like main bouncer's girlfriend. And he like, oh did my not, God. Like, did not like apparently what I said to her. I don't remember what I, I was like basically blacked out on, on Jack Jack uh, Jack and Coke. This is what I was like at the time. So I get on. I'm playing, for, like, five minutes. I'm playing for like five minutes. The bouncer comes up to me. He's like, You're done. You're out of here. I'm like, what? He's like, You gotta go. He like pulled me off while I was playing in the main room. They had to go. I think Mike D was actually playing out because he's from Hawaii, I think. He was playing outside. They had to pull him in. And he pulled me out of oh with my, my laptop gosh. up there. I didn't get my gear or anything. He like pulled me out of the booth because I was like, I didn't want to go. Threw me out. Uh, then I had to like, I had to like grab another bouncer and be like, I was the DJ in the main room. I'm like, they just pulled me off. All my gear is still in there. Like I just had my laptop, yeah. and my headphones and stuff. Eventually that guy let me back in. I went back in and talked to the guy who had, who had brought Sleeper and the promoter. He's like, why aren't you playing? I'm like, the guy kicked me out. He's like, get up there and start playing. Went up there. Got back on. They pulled me off again and threw me out. This time I grabbed all my gear and I just pulled it and, and the, there was no sound for like 10 minutes in the main room. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That's yep. so weird. Interesting. And I've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Especially you're not expecting to DJ and then you're just getting thrown into it. No, I totally understand. And then thrown out of it and then thrown back into it. <laughs> Yeah, like we had, it was more vacation. It was like, there was like eight of us. It was like Sleeper and a bunch of his, at this time he was living like a party house. It was like eight of us went to Hawaii just for fun. And then Sleeper set these gigs up just for that, just for shits and giggles. So we could like party. And like, we'd done one the night before and it had gone really well at a different venue. And then this was like the next day, but Sleeper had a bounce. So yeah, it is what it is. That's crazy. <laughs> it's a wild story, man. Those are, uh, you have uh, some awesome stories, man. Go for days. I mean, honestly, like, I, I forget about a lot of this stuff until people bring things up because it's just like, you know, we've been out here so long. I mean, I've been out here 20 years. And it's just like a lot. There's been a lot of shit show nights, especially like when I was still in my tw late 20s, early 30s, like a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, totally. The life of totally. the DJ. Do you want to do a, a rant? Sure. Got anything? All right. We're going to air this or roll this video and then we'll do a, a 60 second rant. Hey, Drew and Fuse. Peter Griffin calling in. I want to hear what really grinds DJ's gears. You know, besides from bad bunny requests from a phone or DJ stealing custom mashups of YMCA and Macarena and using it on their own TikToks. Hey, this week's guest, what grinds your gears? <laughs> Alright. So we'll put, uh... 60 seconds on the clock, and if you have anything you want to rant about, go for it. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to last 60 seconds, but I mean, my main rant, I don't know if you guys have done this one already, but I cannot stand the, the holding up the cell phone thing with the whatever, whatever. I don't, even if it says Bad Bunny or whatever, just anything. I just, I can't stand it. I'm like, I'm right here. I, I usually say that to people, like, I'm like, just talk to me. Like, you're like five feet away. Like I'm not even up in like a, an elevated booth. I'm just standing right here and they're like 10 feet away. I'm just like, just have the effort to walk up to me. Like you want me to play your song, make the effort. Like if you're, cause you're clearly not going to tip me. Cause you're, you're standing 10 feet away waving a sign at me. Like just walk up to me and talk to me, have some human interaction for five seconds. That will help your, your case tenfold of me playing it. Like whether it's right. bad bunny or whatever else they want to put on your screen. 
So right. That's probably my number one pet peeve right now as far as DJing. Yeah, I I feel that. I was just gonna oh, say no. I always just hit him with a giant no back. I always just write no. <laughs> Some of the guys flash up the uh hundred dollar tip thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If someone comes up with a DJ app that says, you know, uh, it's like Starbucks, it's like one, five, or a hundred dollars, you know, like a little tip thing, you can throw it back on, they can just like tap it. Would that go for you? <laughs> like a, you can have like an iPad, you should like have the yeah, iPad the square out. Yeah, yeah, flip it around and just be like, here you go, run your card. <laughs> I want to do that. Flip I think that would app. be. If somebody out there wants to 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 create an app for the Drew and Fuse show, it could be a tipping app. It would be really right up Drew's alley, but it would be for tipping DJs. And on it would be a 5, 10, 15, or 20. And you could just select it. You know, you could hold it up and somebody could come push it. And, you know, you just square your card or whatever it is and boom, yeah. done. Maybe like... like you could work it into like video DJing too, or it just pops up on the screen anytime somebody <laughs> holds their phone up. <laughs> yeah, instantly. Yeah, yeah, instantly. If someone's doing that to you as a video DJ, you need to just throw the QR code up and then it automatically goes to Venmo for $100. <laughs> it's your Venmo for $100. Then you have an option hit. So we got one more segment left to do here. We call it the sauce. Where we like to know, you know, any advice you would give to your younger self, anything you might do different, any plans for the future. I'm going to roll this segment and then we'll talk about it. Ah, the name is Bootsy, baby. And uh, this shout out goes out to Drew and Fuse, all the way from Cincinnati to the LBC bottle. Yeah, I was told you guys are quite the chefs. And you got a delicious sauce that you cooked up. Ooh! And it drips that swagoo and breaks down the recipe. Yeah, and you giving up the pee because it's funky. As in good, that is. Finger funkin' good. On the one by the power of the one. Yeah, without that, there is none. So get yours. And be in tune with the one that loves you. Get it, baby. All right, there's Bootsy. Bootsy. I think these segments are giving me uh, nightmares, these segment videos. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? I don't know, man. I feel like I'm watching like clips from it or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i love it all right so any uh advice that you would give your younger self if you were kind of doing anything over again maybe advice uh or plans for the future um anything you wish you did different i don't think i wish i did anything different i mean obviously there was some nights i wish i drank a little less uh gotten a little less stupid uh gotten fired from a few less gigs that kind of stuff <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but mostly i would keep it all the same i mean i ended up so far so far so good i mean i ended up at dj city which is a basically my dream job like my dream as a child was to never work a nine to five and so far so good like i did that briefly out here but uh 
I have a job that gives me a lot of flexibility. Um, I think the only other advice I'd give myself is just like my younger self would be just, just basically stay like in LA. The biggest thing here is like, is staying the course. Like most of the guys I knew who made it out here just stayed. Like if you, there's a lot of people come out, they can like go for like two years. Like I don't like it. They move back, but pretty much everybody who stayed has found their lane. Like, you know, my buddy sleeper, who I've mentioned several times came out from Washington, DC and he's carved out a really successful DJ career in, in a, like a niche way. I've done the same thing. Like Sir Marcus, I mean, he, Marcus moved now, but he came out here. He was out here for like 12, 15 years, something like that. Got his way into beat source, DJ city. And has since during COVID, he moved back to Philly. But a lot of guys, I think it's just staying the course and all it's a weird town. Like, but the longer you're here, the easier it gets. And that's probably the advice I give myself. Cause like the first few years of DJing was pretty rough here. Like, even with the diamonds like that, it wasn't paying very well. And luckily LA wasn't as expensive as it is now, but uh, for anyone working in the arts in LA, like sometimes it sucks here and people complain that people are fake here, but to my, from my experience, that is not true. Most people out here want to help and are really cool. There are your occasional dickheads, but most people, especially in our industry, most DJs I know out here are very cool and very down to like put people on and help them out. And as long as you're cool, like if you're not just trying to use them or, you're not a dick, like people will help you out. I mean, I can test that with Drew. Like, you know, he put me on a bunch of gigs and uh, everybody I know has always been very nice out here as long as you're respectful and cool to them. I agree. Awesome. I totally agree. I think we have an awesome scene out here and there's so many dope DJs. Like just, and if anything, I will say about the LA scene is it's always making you one up yourself, right? You're, you'll go out, you're like, damn, I need to get better. <laughs> it just makes oh, me sure. like keep wanting to practice and get better and get better and get better because there's so much good talent out here. Yep, a lot of competition, a lot of talent. Luckily, there's a lot of venues, though, so there's, there's a good amount of True. games to go around. Yeah, yeah, that is the bonus for sure. Yeah, awesome. I mean, compared to like growing up, even growing up in Chicago, like there's just more opportunity here for DJs just with the with all the industry stuff as well. There's just more events, more people. Yeah. Yeah. More celebrity DJs. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to just uh, talk about the beat source stuff real quick uh, about how you guys are now doing a lot of the custom intros and outros that uh, if they hadn't looked, they should be looking because you're making them, right? Yeah. It's me and a couple other guys like Cut Up and uh, a couple other people that they've uh, they brought on. Uh, we're just adding more back catalog intros for DJs. So if you need stuff for weddings or, you know, more of the more older stuff, we were doing the new stuff too, obviously, but that's, we were doing that anyway, but yeah, we're, we're basically just going through the back catalog based on like plays. So the stuff that's most relevant is getting done first. So there'll be that there'll be, there's transitions for newer stuff. We don't have much for the old stuff yet. And then there's uh like I said, the slam intros and things. Cool. So it's really letting you do a lot more stuff um not the not a bootleg you could do some like custom edits and stuff <laughs> with all the that that catalog yeah i mean we can't get too crazy i mean we still have to, they're still licensed to the labels like it's all done being done official so we can't like i can't like do like a mashup or something or like do like a crazy remix and put it on there but like stuff for to make our lives easier for like you know those type of gigs that stuff will be on there or is on there already now and as far as the DJ side, the DJ City side, that's where all your custom, uh, you and Sir Marcus, all the tall boys stuff goes. Yeah, a lot of the edits and uh, like that kind of stuff, the remixes and edits that that can't go on to like the other sites will be on there. 
Do you guys have like a band cap or anything else that other side goes band- to, or just is all? I mean, I have a band camp where like the 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 dead catalog goes. Like once it rotates off the sites, I put a lot of that stuff up there, and then a lot of my own stuff, like the Ristacat remixes and stuff, is on my DJ Ristacat band camp. Um, so most stuff is on there, and if it's not on there, it's on my website. Like for the DJ Ristacat stuff, it's just djristacat.com. I think that's a great segue. Just give us all your, give us every uh, link and uh, social media and everything else. All my plugs. Well, yeah, my website's djrcicat.com. It definitely looks like an old uh, WordPress website still, but that's because I'm old. Twitter and uh, Instagram, I'm just djrcicat. And then, yeah, Bandcamp, I think it's just djrcicat, whatever the the normal Bandcamp link is. So I, I I have the name on most of the tags. I'm like, the tall boy stuff should be on there. And then if you want to follow tall boys just i think it's at tall underscore boys on instagram all right well that's gonna wrap up for today uh thank you very much for taking the time to be here with us today and and chat with us and again if you guys aren't following make sure you go follow and uh that's gonna wrap it up until next time we'll see you guys later thanks guys